And welcome back. Poor episode 38. Uh, thank you all for joining. Uh, don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. You can follow me on Spotify now as well. Uh, and if you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, all of that. Um, so we've been going through uh, the Nolan Batman uh, universe, the Nolan Batman movies. We've done Batman Begins and we did uh, Dark Knight Rises. Today we're going to talk about the uh, the final film in the trilogy. No, we did The Dark Knight. Today we're going to do The Dark Knight Rises, uh, the, the, the final film in the trilogy. Um, before that, just a couple quick things. Um, my first podcast is back, The Bombcast, uh, with my brother Brian Williams. Uh, we've started it back up. So uh, wherever you're watching, or wherever you're listening, rather, go ahead and check that out too. Uh, like and subscribe, rate and review, all that stuff. The Bombcast with Brian Williams and Graham Baker. Um, you know, there we use, it's pretty much all like pop culture stuff and we will talk about life and everything too, but pretty much all pop culture stuff. We, uh, we reviewed, uh, the Snyder cut of the justice league and, uh, shared our feelings on that. And then, um, this week, uh, our thoughts on the Falcon and the winter soldier going up and yeah, it's, it's a good time. He's a great, great guy. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Listen. I also have another podcast, a third podcast, uh, that I recently started with a friend of mine, um, Lucas, and it's called strange human. And we talk about, uh, just all sorts of weird and interesting things about us, about humans. Um, first episode was about dreams. Uh, second episode was about magic. Third episode that just went up, um, was, a, was about creativity and uh, yeah, it's 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 good. We are in no way qualified to talk about any of it, but we do a little bit of research, and then we talk about it. Um, it's fun. I uh, please go uh, all the same things: rate and review on iTunes, follow on Spotify, share with your friends. That's a lot of listening to me talk. So if you like listening to me talk, you got Porb, you got the Bombcast, and now you got Strange Human as well. Plus, you can buy my music. You can hear me sing and play guitar and drums and bass. Uh, Gray House on all everywhere you get your music. And uh, yeah, if you want to see me teach, <laughs> you can uh, check out my YouTube channel. Um, links on my website, grandbaker.com. Check out the merch, um, grandbaker.com slash merch. And yeah, all, all the stuff. Anyway, let's get into this Dark Knight Rises. Okay, so I believe I've mentioned it before that I thought this movie was trash. And um my recollection of it was that it was just hot garbage through and through. It was just awful. So going into it, I was, I was curious. It's been a while since I've seen, I'd seen it twice before and it's been a while. So I was like, okay, let, let's see what's up. So the big question is, is it as bad as I remember? And then like, where are the points in, in, in that conversation? So I'll just, I won't bury the lead. I'll just say right off the bat, I was shocked and how much I really enjoyed the first half of the movie. I don't remember it, the first half being so good. Um, but the first half is legitimately fantastic. I loved it. Um, I'll get into it. It's the second half. Uh, where basically once... Spoiler alert for Dark Knight Rises. Um, once it's... Uh, what's her name? Marsha or whatever the hell her name is. Talia. Raz al Ghul's daughter, Talia Ghul, al Ghul. Um, once she fucks Bruce Wayne, like the movie is just, the story is just completely ridiculous. The plot is, is uh, so stupid, but let's get, let's get into it. I got a bunch of notes, so let's talk about it. Um, so it starts with Gordon giving like a press conference, kind of a memorial thing. It's been a year. No, it's been eight years since the events of the Dark Knight, where when that ends, um, Harvey Dent tried to kill Gordon's son in front of him. Batman ends up killing Harvey Dent Two-Face and then taking the blame for everything and being hunted by the police and Batman's running away. Okay, great. So it starts with Gordon talking about it. And I like when movies kind of dovetail like that. I, this isn't like tr true dovetailing, like Karate Kid 1 and 2 or something like that, but I like when they pick up in some aspect from the previous movie. I, I enjoy that. So they do that and it's cool. Um, and I liked it. I liked Gordon having this 
they didn't really get into it. They just kind of like throw it in there a couple times in this movie. But I like the idea that Gordon uh, is struggling with participating in this lie that Harvey Dent was some great man or died a great man when in in fact he died as Two-Face. Never mind that I hated the use of Two-Face in the last movie. They just threw him away even though he was so rad. Go listen to that episode. I think it's episode 36. Um, So then it cuts to... So Gordon is about, so this is a dumb thing. So Gordon is about to give a speech airing everything out, telling about his part in the last eight years of this lie and telling the truth about Harvey Dent Two-Face. He's about to read this speech. He decides against it. He puts the, puts the speech in his coat. Then it cuts to um, a scene where you got uh, Littlefinger from Game of Thrones is like a CIA guy and he's taking in a, a scientist. Libyan or Egyptian scientist, I don't remember. Um, and he, the the guys that are bringing the scientist to him to take back to the States, I guess, also go like, oh, you got these three other guys, prisoners, and they have bags over their head. And he's like, okay, cool. They're like, he, you know, they work for Bain, we caught them. And he just like accepts it. Okay, cool, I'll take them. <laughs> he doesn't take the hoods off, nothing. He's just like, okay, cool, bring them on the plane. I don't know who these people are, great. So that's dumb. Um, and then, you know, it turns out that the, one, of the, one of the bagged prisoners is actually Bain and uh, the other guys are with him and they're going to hijack, hijack this plane. So... It was all a setup, like just to get on this plane. There's this really, which is so dumb because it's like then another one of Bane's group of guys, which are the League of Shadows, come in with another plane and then like they hijack the plane and then crash it to make it hide and crash the original plane to make it look like the scientists died. Like they went to a lot of trouble to do this. And I'm like, if they had the resources to do this, couldn't they just fake this scientist's death? Even though it doesn't really matter if the scientist is dead or not, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. So it was. It was just like it's. It's convoluted for no reason. Um, they just wanted. They just wanted to show this cool scene. It's, I feel like that happens a lot in these movies where Nolan will have a cool idea or concept, and then they'll just shoot it. But it's it's unnecessary for the story. Like you don't need to do this. It's overly complicated. Um. But anyway, there's this really cool line where um, I can't, I think it's, he takes the mat, he takes the hood off and it's revealed to be Bane. And then Littlefinger goes like, you're a big guy. And I love this line. Littlefinger goes, you're a big guy. And then Bane goes, for you. The I know a lot of people shit on the Bane voice. I really like it. I like that it's super weird. It wasn't like, I'm Bane and I'm going to smash you because I'm big and strong. I like that it's like a weird Sean Connery. (laughs) I really like it. I love how polite Bane is all the time. He's so like well-mannered and terrifying. Tom Hardy is the shit. Um, I literally wrote that in my notes. Tom Hardy is the shit. He's, He's good in everything and he's fantastic in this. He's acting the whole thing with his body and his eyes. Like the voice, you can't connect to it because you don't see his mouth move. You don't see his lips move. That's a big part of your response to an actor is like watching them say the words and feeling their facial expressions. And he has to emote entirely with his eyes and just with his posture. And he is so good at that. I mean, it's it's really impressive and enjoyable to watch. I love him in this movie. He's great. I don't know. Am I in focus or not? It's hard to tell. This thing is like being weird with an autofocus. Um, anyway, so he um, ends up uh, killing everybody. They they win. They take the scientists and they you know kill all the CIA guys. CIA guys. Um, I love that. Like, so Bane has the League of Shadows with him. You come to find out later that he's basically running the League of Shadows with Talia Al Ghul. But like, one of the League of Shadows guys wants to exit the plane with them, and Bane is like, "No, brother, you're staying here. They have to think one of us died too. I don't know why, since nobody knew they were on the thing. Anyway, whatever. 
And the guy's just like, okay, cool. Very calmly sits back and he's going to crash with this plane. So I love that. Like, I wish they played up more the cult aspect um, of the League of Shadows. They, they don't, but it's there. It's definitely there. Um, it's a little obnoxious in the beginning because like the Bane voice, because it's muffled, like they have to crank up the level of it in the mix. So I think it sounds a little awkward. I think that's part of people's um, dislike of it. It sounds it it's uh, it sounds out of place because it's not sitting in the mix. It has to sit above the mix so you can understand what he's saying. Whatever, it's a technical issue. Fine. Um. So Bane is fucking awesome, and Nolan shoots action scenes so well. I hate the way he shoots fight scenes, but as far as like big action like set pieces, he's great. I mean, and and this plane sequence is very impressive and it's cool and. Whatever. So then I think it cuts to like a party at Wayne Manor, I think. Yeah. And uh, you 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 see a, um, one of the maids, a server dressed in a maid outfit, so I'll just call her a maid, um, walking around. And this ends up being uh, Catwoman. It's, it's Anne Hathaway. And the first couple of times I saw this movie, I thought like, ah, she's not very good. She's not a very good Catwoman. However, watching it this time, I enjoyed her performance so much. She's a fantastic Catwoman. She's really good. Like, I don't know why it took me three times, I guess, to to feel that way. But I really loved her in this movie. And just like the other two movies... There's too much shit crammed into this. It's bloated as fuck. And there's too many different storylines. I, I don't like this. It's been this way since Batman Returns. When they just... The second uh, Tim Burton movie. When they just put in too many villains into a movie. Like that movie has three villains. It's Batman Returns says. Penguin, Catwoman, and Max Shrek. It's too much. It's not, you, can't, you can't do justice to any of them when you're trying to cram all that into a movie and that movie I think is just two hours and this movie's like three hours but still the way they do Catwoman it's like they got this plinky plunky piano score behind her it's fucking awesome like very um you know Thomas Crown affair type of vibe with her but way more serious and she like Bruce Wayne has been out of commission for eight years at this point he's like nobody's seen him he's just got a beard and he's in a robe and he's got a cane because he's all fucked up and uh, she tries to, st- she does steal his mother's pearls. He catches her. She, you know, knocks the cane away from him, trips him. He falls down. She jumps out the window. It's great. She does like a backflip, like very catwoman out the window. It's fucking awesome. And it's like, it piques his interest to get back into detective work and crime fighting. And that's a movie I would want to watch. A cat and mouse chase, semi-film noir detective you know hard-boiled detective story between batman and catwoman fuck yeah fuck yeah that that's the movie like they they overthink this shit so much when the the most simple answer is usually the best and the most enjoyable there are two movies here there is the cat and mouse noir detective movie with batman and catwoman fucking great and then there is the cult seeking revenge on Batman Bane movie. Talia in this movie is so pointless and it, it's just a fucking waste. I hated it. Let me give you a, just an overview of this, the story. Okay, so the Catwoman storyline is Catwoman um, goes there. She steals Bruce Wayne's mother's pearls but she's really there to get bruce wayne's fingerprints so these mob uh, so these crime guys that are actually on on the board of uh wayne enterprises can um you know buy or crash wayne's stocks to make him poor and take over wayne enterprises that's that's their thing and catwoman is helping because she is told that they have a device that can wipe her record great so she's doing this. But if you wonder, like, if she's so good, she can break into Bruce Wayne's mansion, do all this shit, get his fingerprints. Why can't she just break into the bad guy's thing and steal this thing that's called a clean slate? Why can't she just do that? Because there's your first terrible plot hole. Um, 
So that's one storyline. But then the guys doing that to take over Wayne Enterprises are teamed up with Bane because Bane is making is kind of manipulating them to do it so that he can with he can bring in this he can find the reactor that Wayne Enterprises was making and turn it into a nuclear bomb to blow up Gotham as like a death cult because they're gonna stay there and but they're gonna like lead Gotham on like this five month thing where they're like it's like this dystopian Gotham where everybody's hiding and fighting each other and it, but they believe that one of them has the trigger to the bomb and it, but ultimately the end is this woman who's been posing as Bruce Wayne's friend she ends up fucking him is actually Talia Al Ghul and she's there to seek revenge on Bruce Wayne for killing her dad and uh, they're just going to be in the city with the bomb and blow it up at the end anyway. And there's this thing like Bane breaks Batman's bat, like uh, Batman's back, like from the comics and then puts him in this pit that he's never supposed to get out. So he has to watch Batman be destroyed. It's so fucking convoluted and stupid. So you go like, OK, if if the League of Sh- and then the League of Shadows are basically just going to all kill themselves in Gotham and like under the the purpose of that in the movie is like, we're completing my father's work. That's what Talia and, and Bane are doing, completing Ra's al Ghul's work. But it's like Ra's al Ghul's mission wasn't to destroy Gotham. And then that's the end of the league of shadows. Like they established the league of shadows has been toppling civilizations for thousands and thousands of years, but they're just going to stop at Gotham. And it's like, okay, that's okay. So wrong and dumb. And then it's like, they want to destroy Gotham they have this bomb. They can just detonate it the day it they get it, but they don't. Instead, they make a big scene to like make everybody afraid. But it's like if you, because again, it's this stupid idea that like, well, you have to destroy Gotham's spirit, the idea of Gotham. Hey, if you detonate a nuclear bomb that has a six mile blast radius, which is what they say, um, everyone will die. And the nuclear fallout in and around Gotham will kill everybody for hundreds of years. Like you, it, it's just so fucking stupid. So they get this bomb, they do this whole plan. Batman fights Bane because he gets double crossed by Catwoman, and then Bane breaks breaks Batman's back and throws him in this prison that he and Talia were in. And then Batman climbs out and somehow. Okay, let me just go through the notes. It, it's. Okay, so how I'm saying it and how frustrated you are at hearing me saying it is how stupid it is to watch. Okay, so but that is all like basically the second half of the movie, which is, again, why it gets so dumb. But let's go through these notes here. So, like I said, I wish it was either a Bane and Batman movie or a Catwoman and Batman movie. Um, Okay, so the relationship between Michael Caine and Bruce Wayne is much better in this movie, too. Like, they really leaned more into their banter and um, their love for each other. And then Michael Caine as um, Alfred is very actually happy that Bruce Wayne hasn't been Batman because he doesn't want him to be Batman because he loves him and he raised him since he was a baby. Um, and he's trying to communicate as, as Bruce Wayne is like, I want to be Batman again because his interest is peaked from Selena Kyle. Alfred is like, you, you don't, want things to get better you want to be batman you want things to go bad so you can be batman again because you're trying to kill yourself he's like i don't think you want to actually help i think i think this is all like punitive essentially i love that theme they don't really flesh it out they just kind of like throw it in they pepper it in but it's like that that would be a great theme to work on that like bruce wayne and he is he's a fucking traumatized person who's insane like he could just use his billions of, and they touch on that in this movie. Like he could just use his billions of dollars to change Gotham, but instead he puts on this cape and cowl and beats the shit out of people and gets, you know, irreparably harmed. His body is just completely shot, which they talk about in this movie. Um, so I love all that. And, and yeah, it would have been great um, in either of these movies, if it were a Catwoman movie or a Batman movie. So anyway, um, I like all that. I think it's really cool. And uh, so Catwoman gets Bruce Wayne's fingerprints and um, goes to give it to the criminals who are taking it, the the, um, 
the guys on the board of Wayne Enterprises. Then they double cross her and like, we don't actually have the clean slate. Go fuck yourself. So she starts fighting them. And the fight scene in the bar with Catwoman is great. It's, it's one of the few fight scenes in this movie that I actually really, really enjoy. Um, it's great. She uses, you know, people's bodies as shields. She's flipping over things. She's very acrobatic. She's not using brute force, which is, you know, how she would fight. She's smaller and slender and she's got to be smarter. And she is. And she uses like the cops come. Everybody, the whole place is shot to shit. She like plays the screaming victim woman in the bar. So they just run past her like seamlessly in and out of that role. Really, really great entertaining to watch uh so much fun i'm like this is the fucking movie i want where this woman is just manipulating the fuck out of everybody and she's 10 steps ahead of the game like that's how they kind of show her she's never out of sorts when the guys think oh we we fucked you over we double crossed you she's already thought about that and planned ahead for it it's it's really good and they had so much there to work with and they just they chose to do this other dumb story it's very frustrating um so anyway, uh, cops come. They Gordon's there, I think. Like they end up chasing them. Yeah, into the sewer. And uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt is a cop in this movie too. They're all chasing them through the sewer. Gordon goes into the sewer and uh, gets. Is this where he gets caught by Bane? I think he does. Bane's in the sewer. I know I'm all over the place, guys. This movie is is weird like that, though. Um, So there's a part where they try to kill Gordon. Gordon gets away. But, like, his coat gets there. And his coat still has the speech about Harvey Dent from, like, days ago. Like, he just, he left it in his coat? Really? It was, it's a dumb detail that they're going to use this thing about Gordon knowing the truth about Harvey Dent and Two-Face, they're going to use it later. But when they use it, it's completely pointless. So it's just a dumb detail that they throw in. It's a waste. It's just, it's a waste. So, um, Gordon gets away. Joseph Gordon-Levitt saves him. Joe Gordon-Levitt in this movie is really good too. He doesn't have a lot of cool things to do, but he himself is, is, is very enjoyable to watch. So he ends up kind of working with Gordon and, um, Batman is kind of, no, sorry, Batman's still not back yet, but Bruce Wayne is kind of showing himself around again in town. Um, he, Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes to Bruce Wayne's house to tell him that, like, Gordon's almost dead. He's in the hospital. And then he tells Bruce Wayne that he knows that he's Batman because this is the dumbest this this justification is as dumb as Zack Snyder's uh Batman vs Superman Martha thing like Batman doesn't want to hurt Superman because they're both their moms are <laughs> named Martha um so Joe Gordon-Levitt says to Bruce Wayne um Joe Gordon-Levitt's name in the movie is John Blake so John Blake says to Bruce Wayne Uh, Basically, I know you're Batman because I was an orphan and when I was a boy, you came to the orphanage and I could tell that you had the pain in your eyes of somebody who's lost his um, parents. And when I saw Batman, I saw the same look. And I'm like, (laughs) this is the dumbest justification for somebody knowing Batman's secret identity. Like, it was so dumb. It's, It's beyond comprehension how dumb this is. All the hands that go into writing a script, all the time it takes to do it, um, you couldn't... This is a placeholder. Like, that's what you write in the script to be like, it's like this, but it's going to be something better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, it was really bad. It, it's really bad. How about just say, like, I just put together that Batman could would have to be a, an extremely rich, fit guy, and then, you know, put together something else. Just make it obvious, but it is so dumb. So anyway, he convinces Batman to be Batman again. He convinces Bruce Wayne to be Batman again. Um, So because he wants to be Batman again, Bruce Wayne goes to a doctor. And there's a cool scene where he's at the doctor and the doctor's like, your knees have no cartilage, your elbows, your hips, your spine, like you are fucked. 
um, I like that. I, I like that idea that one, yeah, this is a reality. Batman is not a superhero. He's just a man and his body's going to be shot to shit. And then he gives him like a knee brace that makes him like crazy strong. Like he's able to kick through a brick wall, but they never use that. <laughs> they never use that. They show it happen and they just never use, it never matters. But anyway, so he has to wear this brace and, um, you know, they should have played that up more that like he's in a lot of pain and he's fighting through that pain and, you know, maybe he has to take pills or whatever. Like they could have done a lot with that, but they didn't. So, There's a shot where, or there's a scene, Bruce Wayne goes to this hoity-toity party and finds Selena Kyle, and they have this great dance moment, very similar to the Batman Returns, where Bruce Wayne and Catwoman are dancing, and they realize that they're both Batman and Catwoman. But it was that type of idea, like, these people have a really strong chemistry, and, um, yeah, and then she ends up, like, leaving, Bruce Wayne leaves, and uh, he's like, okay, let me give him my car. And they're like, oh, your wife took it. He's like, my wife. And it's Catwoman. It's a very cool Catwoman thing. Again, that's the movie I would want to watch of this cat and mouse, no pun intended, this cat and bat game back and forth and this, you know, unrequited love and like intense connection that they can't agree on or they can't uh, embrace because he's a cop and she's a robber. Like, I, I like that movie it's a good movie and it's simple it's clean it's easy um but it would be very entertaining and they just they don't do it here they opt for like this incredibly bleak movie instead so then it you know you then it's uh you know bane and um is basically goes to the stock exchange to make a stock trade and they use the fingerprint from bruce wayne to like take all of Bruce Wayne's more like, you know, tank Bruce Wayne's stocks to make him poor. And like, it's this really convoluted bullshit that it just didn't need to happen. Um, then there's this, there's, you know, the triumphant return of Batman. The cops are then chasing Bane and his goons on motorcycle. And then they're in the under, you know, not a tunnel, but like under a bridge, I guess it's a tunnel. And then all the lights cut out and then, Batman shows up and it's okay and it's fine it's a cool scene um and uh it's just I don't know man it, it, it's fine to watch like it's done really well one thing that really bothered me was like the suit has a redesign the bat suit has a redesign for this movie I mean they, they do in every movie but in this movie and it's really ugly like super super ugly there's just like these dumb cuts in it and I guess they would justify it like oh it helps mobility but it, it's it's just really ugly but the, the bigger problem I have is he hasn't been Batman since the Dark Knight so eight years have have passed he hasn't been Batman why is there a different suit like before he hung up the cape and cowl he designed a new suit and then put it away that's stupid and like no time passes like from when he's Bruce Wayne and then he's like okay I'm a Batman tomorrow he just pulls the suit out. So it's like, it's just a dumb, it's, it's such an obvious, uh, inconsistency that it, it just, it blows my mind that nobody caught it. You know, it's just so dumb. Um, so what else? Uh, so then there's this fight scene. Catwoman is in like, uh, she goes to get the clean slate thing. Um, they're like, nah, we're not going to give it. So she tries to fight back. And then Bane and a bunch of the League of Shadows go up to fight her. And then Batman shows up and they fight together. They just, you know, they wanted a fight scene with, they want to put Catwoman and Batman together to fight against Bane. So here, this is how they do it. So they have this super clunky fight scene where it's, a, again, it's just horrible fight style that they gave Batman. Um, it's so bad. It just, it... I fucking hate it. I know I talked about it in the last two movies, so I won't go into it again. But he's doing it here, and they, these fight scenes are choreographed really poorly. A ton of waiting. You see guys falling down without getting hit. It, it's very sloppy. Um, no disrespect to the fight choreographers or stunt performers. Like, they're doing the best they can with what they have. Um, and I, I, th I believe, to my understanding, part of the problem here is that, like, Nolan shoots on film. So they're not really doing playbacks. I can't really do so much playbacks. 
So it's like Nolan will look at it through the monitor or the lens and be like, yep, that was good. Let's move on. And then that's it. They're kind of, they can't really see like, oh, there's a, a guy literally falls down without getting hit. They can't, you know. So anyway, um, they escape by jumping off the building and then into the bat wing. There's a bat wing in this movie now, which is fine. And it flies off and it takes off. And the bat wing is basically silent, um, but it kicks up a ton of wind because it's it's uh, propelled by these like giant propellers underneath it. And it makes it go, cool, fine, great. So the silent thing I can get behind. Okay, it's quiet. Nobody heard it coming. Because he, he, he had to park it there. Batman had to fly there, park it, get out, fight, and then jump back in. But like nobody's sees like there's a tremendous amount of wind and debris getting kicked up from this thing and and you go like well it doesn't matter it's a superhero movie you got to let go okay well here's the problem nolan in the nolan verse um for batman he bases it in reality he has to explain everything he says he needs something that he could turn his neck or that it's susceptible to knives and he says he needs something in black he says he needs a thing that'll do this and oh this breaks so i gotta fix it he bake he bakes in all of this stuff that like well in reality batman would have to figure these things out so you can't have it both ways you can't base your world in reality and then also have all this dumb shit that doesn't add up that then you have to say like well you just have to suspend disbelief because you're establishing no rules. You can't establish rules, break them, and then expect people not to care that they're being broken. It, it, you, you just can't have it that way. Um, this is why, like, the Tim Burton Batman works so well is because the whole thing is um, fantastic. Like, the, whole, the world they build has a bunch of fantasy in it. Like, fantastic realism. Like, it's, it's not real world so when they break the rules you accept it because you know this is not reality right that's why it works so well is that you can excuse these things that come up and they, they oftentimes won't even trigger you um because you know the world is not based in reality and in in the burton batman they do it well just like the animated series and a lot of the comics where they 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 make the world you can't tell what time period it is. You can't tell um, what the architecture is because it's all over the place. It's gothic, art deco, modern. There's all these different elements kind of thrown in. And some of it's new, like Batman's gadgets are crazy new. But people have like old Studebakers for cars and black and white TVs or big clunky TVs, even though there's, you know, the police might have laser guns. It, you know, it's it's they, they build this world that's very uh, kind of broad and colorful so you you don't have to you don't get triggered by things breaking the laws of reality but in this movie they try to make it real they try to ground it really really heavily and then they just have these dumb holes that's like okay well this this is why there are points of contention um so anyway bruce wayne loses all of his money from the bane uh, stock exchange heist thing or whatever. And it also makes me wonder, like, why did they have to physically go to the stock exchange to make this deal? Like, it's all done on computers. I, I don't know. It, it seemed dumb to me. Uh, but anyway, Bruce Wayne's poor now. And then Talia shows up at his house. You don't know it's Talia yet. He can't get in. They break in. And then they fuck. Make love. They make love. Okay. Talia's whole plan is to get back to Gotham find Bruce Wayne, ruin his life, make him watch as she and the League of Shadows destroy Gotham. She's literally sleeping with him. He is asleep next to her. She could just kill him or just kidnap him, tie him up, have Bane come in then, fucking tie him up, break his back. Like they could do, <laughs> they already know he's Batman. They could do all of this shit, but they don't. So then the next day, Batman tries to team up with Catwoman to go find Bane. She double crosses him to get the clean slate thing, which he still doesn't get. <laughs> and then Batman and Bane fight. Bane breaks his back. The fight between Batman and Bane is pretty good, except for Batman's fighting style. But like the fight overall is good. There's no music, so it feels um, 
you know, much more heavy. It's 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 good. Before that, Batwoman, Batwoman, Catwoman, and Batman are like fighting League of Shadows guys to get to Bane, and I liked seeing them work together. That was cool too. Um, so they in the Batman Bane fight, they really show the difference between these two guys. Both League of Shadows, both trained by Ra's al Ghul, Ra's al Ghul. And they just really amp up the fact that like Batman is a rich kid. Bane grew up in this fucking prison and had to fight for everything he ever had. He's a monster. And Batman has basically not had the challenges Bane has had. So Bane is just working him. He's fucking him up so bad. And I like that. Um, so it was cool. And then like when Batman realizes that in this fight, Batman or... um. Bane says that, oh, you're Bruce Wayne. Welcome, Bruce Wayne. And Catwoman realizes it, and she has, like, instant regret. She feels very bad. And then when she sees Batman getting his ass whooped and his back broken, she's upset, which I like. Um, the whole time, Bane is talking to Batman as he's whooping his ass. Really cool. Very comic booky. Very cool. He's, I mean, constantly just calling out everything he's doing, like you're using, you know, uh, theatrics and... You, you know, the whole, you know, famous line, like, uh, you merely adopted the dark. I was born in it or whatever. Um, very cool. All that stuff is great. Again, Tom Hardy, who, who can actually fight. He uh, trained, he's been doing martial arts a long time. He's fought. He, so he looks great while he's doing it way better than Christian Bale. No disrespect to Christian Bale. It's just the truth. Um, Batman gets his back broken. And there's this whole plot where like, oh no, so while while he's there, Batman or uh, Bane is under, he's in this sewer and he blows up this thing and like all the, he's basically under Wayne Enterprises and um, now he ha has all of Batman's gadgets and Batman's like, no, and I just find it really hard to believe that the League of Shadows could just like plant bombs under, like there's no security under or ways to tell if somebody's tunneling under. Whatever. Um, again, all of it is just very unnecessary. They already had the bomb at this point. They could have just blown up Gotham. If their ultimate plan is to go there and blow it up, like why do the whole thing about making Batman, I guess, okay, you want to satisfy this urge of getting revenge on Bruce Wayne, so you want to make him watch, okay, Talia, Batman is literally laying next to you asleep and naked, tie his dumb ass up, you already have the bomb, and then just like, <laughs> and, you're, and you, you don't even want to get away, you want to blow up with the bomb, so it's okay, just do that, so, uh, Batman's gone, out of the picture now, Joe Gordon-Levitt realizes that, you know, Bane's doing crazy bad shit and there's basically uh, explosive underneath the whole city and there's this big football game and Bane shows up and he gives this big speech and he blows up the football field or whatever. And that traps a bunch of cops under the city. <laughs> okay. So that they there's no resistance when the League of Shadows takes over. Whatever. It's very... Uh, a lot had to go right to make sure that that happened to get these guys underground and at the exact time that it was very comic booky, but like again, it doesn't play because you try to establish so much reality in this world. Um, so Bane gives this big speech about somebody in Gotham has the trigger to this bomb, and then everybody for some reason. It's like a dystopian Gotham right after that. I don't know why. I'm not sure why. People are like all living in building, like uh, office buildings together and the scarecrow is back and and he's like holding court trials to exile people or make them walk or, you know, kill them. And like he does it by making them walk on the ice over Gotham Harbor and then they fall in and die. It's, it's a cool idea. It just it didn't make any sense why it was happening. So again, this is where the movie is shitty now. Before this, it was really good and really enjoyable. Um, so it's just this idea because they want Gotham to lose hope. But again, if you detonate a nuclear bomb, 
Is it a nuclear bomb? Was it a nuclear bomb? It was. It had a, a reactor. It had to have been. Either way, even if it wasn't nuclear and there was no radiation fallout, if you detonate this bomb that has a six-mile blast radius and Gotham is decimated, nothing's going to go back there for a really long time. Um, and also, it's like, what does it matter if you want to destroy Gotham's hope? If the whole League of Shadows is going to kill themselves in this city, who, what does it matter what happens after that? Again, it's just, it's a dumb, <laughs> it's a dumb plan. Um, so Gotham's in this horrible disarray. So after that's already happened, right? Everybody in Gotham is terrified of this bomb. They can't leave the city because if anybody leaves the city, they'll blow up the bomb. Okay. Um, then Bane gets on TV or something and then tells everybody about Gordon's speech and that Two-Face was Two-Face and Batman didn't do anything and it was actually Harvey Dent that was really the bad guy. But it's like, you don't, you don't, the more intimidating and, and hope-stealing thing is the bomb. The less intimidating and hope-stealing thing is the speech. So you should have done the speech first to make people lose faith in the system and, and not trust or want to listen to the cops and send Gotham into like this chaos. You should have done that first, then said we have a bomb and you all are going to die unless whatever. But they didn't do that. So the, the whole Gordon speech thing was just pointless because Gotham, or Gotham yeah, Gotham was already <laughs> like post-apocalyptic at this point. It just didn't matter. Um, but I really did love the, the movie is just so fucking messy at this point. It's very messy at this point. So, but I did love the idea that like, you know, they're showing like Joe Gordon-Levitt moving in and out of these buildings, not getting caught. And they're trying to create a resistance to fight back against Bane. I love that idea. It's very like uh, Toy Soldiers. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Toy Soldiers. Sean Astin. Um, I literally can't remember anybody else's name in the movie. There's a ton of people in it. Uh, Lou Gossett Jr. Is that him? I think so. Um Great fucking movie. What's his name from uh, Star Trek Next Generation? Uh, Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Um, it's a great movie. And it has that vibe where like terrorists come and take over the school. And then the boys have to create like a secret resistance to fight back. And they're working with the military outside. It's it's a I love that movie so much. If you haven't seen it, you should check that out. Toy Soldiers. Um, so it has that vibe. And I'm like, yeah, great. But again... It would be okay if it were not ultimately going to result in it not mattering what happens because they're just going to blow up the city and kill everybody and themselves in it anyway. So um, at this point, Bruce Wayne has his back broken and he's in this pit prison in the middle of nowhere, like across the other side of the world where Bane grew up. You find out that Bane uh, was in the prison and... Talia al Ghul, Ra's al Ghul's daughter, was born there, and uh, he protected her, and she escaped and brought him out, and then Ra's al Ghul didn't like him, so he exiled him out of the League of Shadows, and it's this whole thing. But the whole thing about this prison, it's this pit, and they leave a rope so you can climb halfway up, and then you have to like try to climb out. So it gives them hope, but they can't get out. So it's like this idea of hope, but that it's always crushed, so to kind of like break their spirit, it's a decent idea. Um, Bruce Wayne, within five months, fixes his broken back just by hanging in like a makeshift traction. He's just hanging from a rope and his back gets better and he's strong enough to get out. So he tries and fails and tries and fails and tries and fails and he eventually does get out. He's halfway around the world, okay? At this point, there is 24 hours back in Gotham, 24 hours now before the core of this bomb detonates and this bomb just explodes regardless of what anybody's going to do. 24 hours now. Because it's been five months at this point. In 24 hours, Bruce Wayne, on the other side of the world, in the middle of the desert, with no money, because remember, he has no money now, no resources, nothing, manages to get back to Gotham with like 12 hours left. The flight from wherever this place is would be more than 12 hours. <laughs> so he gets back to Gotham. Um, and... Gets his bat suit, has time to make a giant flaming bat signal that lights up. Um, more horrible Batman fight scenes. A bunch of times in this movie. Okay, so Joe Gordon Levitt, 
Catwoman, um, Bane, Talia al Ghul, and then later Gordon. All know Bruce Wayne is Batman. When he's with them separately at this point, they already know who he is. He still talks in his bat voice. Very, it's just super dumb. <laughs> like they already know who you are. So anyway, um, what else do I got here? Uh, Anne Hathaway is fantastic. Why the bat voice with Catwoman? <laughs> Why the bat voice with JGL? Um, so there's this big fight between the cops all get out of the the where they were trapped underground with the help of JGL and Catwoman and Batman, and they all go to stage this big war against the uh, League of Shadows and all the criminals that they've freed and armed with guns that are protecting Bane. Not protecting Bane, but protecting where the bomb is, I guess. There's this big battle in the street. Um, and I love that there's this shot where like this big battle comes, all these cops are running, and Bane just runs right into the fray. I love that. Like they, The portrayal of Bane in this movie is really cool. Like I love their take on him. He's super aggressive. Um, excuse me. So he goes and fights, and then Batman shows up in the daylight, which is kind of cool. And he and Batman, Bane and Batman, have a fight in the street. And then um, ultimately, like, they go into this little building just by themselves, and they're fighting. Batman's whooping Bane's ass. And then Talia al Ghul comes in and uh, stabs him in the side. And Batman's like, what? Oh, my God, what are you doing? And it's like, one, Batman, you're the world's greatest detective. You didn't know. <laughs> this is Talia Ghul. And then she said, she does this huge exposition dump. She explains everything about the prison and Bane. And she was the girl that escaped and the, the Ra's al Ghul's daughter. And it's, it's a massive exposition dump. Very dumb. Um, he's still using the Batman voice. Uh, and then she leaves or something. And... Yeah, she leaves. She's like, I'm going to go. Oh, she tries to blow up the bomb. But they did a signal blocker with her trigger and the bomb couldn't blow up. So she leaves to go figure out what's going on. Bane's like, I'm going to kill you, Batman. And Batman's like, Ugh. And then magically, a silent motorcycle is just there. It's Catwoman on the motorcycle. She shoots Bane, blows him up. He's dead. Great. Um, so... So I already said the thing. Okay, so um, basically, uh, Bane's dead. Batman and Catwoman are trying to stop Talia. They get to where they stop her, and then the bomb is there. It's going to go off in, like, seconds. Batman ends up flying it with his Batwing out into the ocean to detonate it, and he's going to die with it. And there's this dumb runner in the beginning of the movie where, like, when... Fo Lucius Fox gives Batman the Batwing. He says the autopilot's broken. And then, like, a couple times later, like, right before this bomb sequence, they remind him, the autopilot doesn't work. And they do it, like, two or three times more. The autopilot doesn't work. Just so you know, you know what? In this Batwing, the autopilot doesn't work. Um, so then you see Batman flying the bomb out over the harbor. And he's going to sacrifice himself. He's going to kill himself by protecting everybody to blow up the bomb somewhere else. And he has to do it because the autopilot does not work on this plane. Um, so he does. And you think Batman's dead. And it's like, damn, that was impressive. You guys killed Batman in a Batman movie. Like, wow. Uh, cool. Like it was, it was a good way for Batman to go and you establish that like he wants to die and he gives too much and all this stuff cool like I, I'm okay with that like as, as dumb as all this other shit has been that's actually pretty intense and poignant and great um, there's a little funeral for Bruce Wayne it's very touching um, you know they reveal Bruce Wayne's headstone and it's right next to it, you know Thomas and Martha Wayne why did you say that name and uh, very touching to see that Alfred's there Gordon's there and uh Joe Gordon-Levitt is there too. It's just the three of them. They gave a little speech and then Alfred, they leave and Alfred's crying like, I should have protected you. I didn't do enough. It's very sad and it's good. I, I, Yep, that's good. And then 
these then there's a very slow reveal of Batman still being alive or Bruce Wayne still being alive rather. They show uh, Wayne Manor being used as an orphanage now, which I thought was really great. And then like little things pop up where it's like, oh, this thing is missing or that's missing. And that's weird that we don't have this. So you're kind of like, oh, I guess Bruce Wayne must be alive. Um, and it's done well. And there's a part where like JGL goes to pick up some bag from somewhere um, that's like left to him by Bruce Wayne, I guess. And the woman who's giving it to him, the you know, the clerk is like, let me see your ID. He's like, oh, here, John Blake. And she's like, oh, you should go by your real name, I guess, on his ID. And he's like, oh, yeah, thanks. And she's like, all right, bye, Robin. I guess his first name is Robin. It's cool. It's cheesy, but it was cool. I like it. Uh, and then Robin, Batman, or Robin, uh, JGL's character, goes into the Batcave. He finds the Batcave. He's left notes to find the Batcave, and he swings in, and it's basically like, He's going to be the new Batman. And honestly, I would have really liked to see that movie. I think he would have been cool as like a Nightwing or young Batman. I think it would have been a cool take. And I'm actually kind of bummed that that didn't continue. It sucks. Um, I think it would have been really entertaining. So earlier in the movie, we're at the end now. Earlier in the movie, Alfred says this thing. He tells the story to Bruce that when Bruce was gone uh, for those whatever seven years, after his parents died, before he came back to Gotham as Batman. Alfred tells Bruce this story where he was like, during that time, I never wanted you to come back. He's like, I miss you, I love you, but I didn't want you to come back. I wanted you to just move on, live your life somewhere and be happy. Not come back here. There's nothing but pain for you in Gotham. And he's like, I used to go to this cafe in wherever. I forgot where he said. And I would just have this daydream that I would look up and see you there with a family with kids and a wife and we wouldn't say anything we would just look at each other we would know and that would be it we would move on we'd never have to say it which is like a weird thing <laughs> like you wouldn't say hi or something like, come on it's dumb um so the end of the movie comes you think batman's dead but there's little hints that he's not and then they show alfred at this cafe and you see him look up and get this smile and that's where they should have fucking ended the movie because it would let you know, oh, and then they replay the the audio of him saying it again because they got to remember when Alfred said this, like, like audience is so dumb, they can't remember. So you see Alfred look up and smile um, that, you know, he clearly sees Bruce Wayne. You know, like, that's rad. Now, they also established when they're doing like the slow reveal that Bruce Wayne might still be alive, that the pearls are missing. And since they've already also established that Selena Kyle wanted the pearls, you're just now assuming that like, well, of course, Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne are together. Like he's given her the pearls. Finally, it's this really cool thing. So anyway, they show Alfred looking up, he smiles and then they fucking cut to Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne. And you see Anne Hathaway sitting across and Batman or Bruce Wayne and Alfred lock eyes and kind of smile and nod. But it was like the dumbest, like, it it just cheapened the whole thing by making it so blatant and in your face. They play the audio to remind you of what Alfred said. They show Alfred smile and nod. That's, an, like, you, we got it. But then they had to show Bruce Wayne. It really killed the moment, um, which otherwise could have been very beautiful. Now, if you think about this, okay, think about this movie. Let's say there's no Bane. Let's just take that out. Like, that would be a separate movie. The Bane thing could be in a separate movie. I'll get into that in a second. Let's say the movie is this. Batman hasn't been Batman for eight years still. The same scene, Catwoman comes in, tries to steal the pearls, tries to steal his fingerprints to get the clean slate thing. Oh, Batman had the clean slate the whole time. He gave it to Selena Kyle. <laughs> so it's pointless. His story points that just get, get thrown away. So anyway, um, she steals the pearls jumps out the window. Batman is so charmed and intrigued by her that he wants to get back to being Batman. His body's still beat to shit and he's still being hunted by the police. Let's say that's the story, right? He comes back as Batman to find her. The police are chasing him. Everybody's chasing him, so he has to hide from them. He's trying to catch her. And then the Bruce Wayne and Selina Kyle relationship could still happen. Like They're still interacting. Maybe they know who they are. Maybe they don't. Maybe the secret identities are still safe. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But they still have this back and forth this volley witty banter and manipulation and it's great 
And then ultimately, let's say the clean slate thing, they get it. Batman didn't already have it. They get it. She uses it. Maybe he uses it too. And then they escape the police because they, you know, it's not safe for them in Gotham. And then they go to the cafe and they still have the Alfred cafe thing. And they could, you could have done all of the same shit and had this really beautiful, fun Batman story without any of the Bane stuff. Definitely none of the Talia Ghoul stuff. It would have been so cool, still so poignant. He still gives the, his mother's pearls to Selena Kyle. Like you could have done all of that shit and had this really cool hard-boiled detective, film noir, cat and mouse chase heist movie with Batman and Catwoman. Right? The other version is it's a Bane Batman movie. The Bane Bane has taken over. He, let's say he was still in the prison, just no Talia al Ghul. He still came out of the prison. Uh, he was excommunicated from the League of Shadows. So when he found out that Ra's al Ghul was killed by Bruce Wayne, he took over the League of Shadows because he's that good. Goes to Gotham. Want, and his whole mission is just to destroy Bruce Wayne. Fuck the bomb. Fuck breaking Gotham. He just wants to kill or destroy Batman. They get into the fight. He breaks his back. He throws him in the prison. Doesn't assume he's going to get out. He does get out. Batman comes back. And he's just like, terrorizing Gotham. Bane is just terrorizing Gotham. That's it. He's not trying to kill it. He just wants Batman to watch him fuck up Gotham endlessly, like and suffer forever in this prison where he's put a little like a TV so he can see what's going on. Um, Batman comes back. They fight. Batman wins. The end. Again, so simple. Would have been a great movie. They don't do either of that. It's this very dumb, convoluted story that I explained terribly. But ultimately... That's it. Um, so, was this movie as bad as I remember? No. Like I said, I really enjoyed the first half of this movie. I was shocked. I was fucking shocked how much I enjoyed the first half of this movie and what was there. Like, if it would have been these other movies, these two other movies that I just described to you in perfect detail that I just wrote right now off the top of my head so succinctly and perfectly that you're like, what? Um, it would have been amazing. So again, once Talia Ghoul fucks Bruce Wayne, the movie goes to hell. It gets incredibly messy and dumb. It's still done well. It's just dumb. But Anne Hathaway is great. Matt Hardy is... Tom Hardy, sorry. Tom Hardy is great. Michael Caine is great. Christian Bale's even really good in this. I should normally don't say that about him. Um, JGL is great. Morgan Freeman's great. Gary Ullman's not great but he's good just i just think the gordon character they don't really do a lot with or what they do with i'm not huge on i I actually really enjoyed it aside from the stuff at the end i think it's good um so ultimately a part of me wants to even put it above dark knight just because it's i don't know well, Batman Begins straight up sucks. That movie is not good. Um, the Dark Knight, the Joker one, there's a lot. It's really just hinging on Heath Ledger being so amazing and captivating, which he is. The Dark Knight Rises is actually really fun and good for the first half. <laughs> so there you go. Um, that's how I feel about it. It's, uh, it's definitely, you can watch it. I'm sure there must be a fan edit of it where it's cut down. Um, I'm going to look and see if there is. But ultimately, I'm still not going to get the movie I want. Like I said, I want that Batwoman, Catwoman, Batman, Catwoman movie. And I want the Bane, Batman movie. I think both of those separately would have been phenomenal. And it's just a bummer that that's not what we get. Um, Very hopeful for this, the Batman movie, the Matt Reeves Batman with... um, What's his name? Robert Pattinson and uh, Zoe Kravitz, who I'm... Oh, gosh, she's amazing. Um, very hopeful. I don't know anything about it. I saw the first teaser, but that, I'm not going to watch anything else. Uh, I hope it's great. I really do. Um, I guess that's it. I'll wrap it up. Uh, that's the end of these movie reviews. Uh, I'm still going to talk a little bit about pop, pop culture stuff, but for the most part... Um, most of that, I think, will be on um, the Bombcast. So go check out the Bombcast. Rate and review, like, and subscribe. Don't worry. I'm still going to talk about some of that shit here, too. But just so you know.
it's a fun time. Brian's amazing. Uh, very funny, smart. So we talk about all sorts of stuff. Uh, the Bombcast. Check out Strange Human, my podcast with my boy Lucas. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, like, subscribe, rate, review, share, notification bells, all the things. Do all the things. Uh, my music is Greyhouse. You can find it everywhere you stream music. Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp, YouTube. You can even stream it there. And yeah, uh, that'll be that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you next week. And uh, be well, do good. Peace.